0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispie. available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in! He fumbled the football. Heel Tough
1: Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pegnata, as always, and tonight we are coming to you after the commitment of one of the Tar Heel's biggest recruits in program history. Uh, It's a commitment that Carolina has been lusting after for a while uh, with a 2022 prospect and one of the best prospects in the state's history. We're going to break that down for you tonight, Uh, go completely in-depth on that uh, for you, and uh, just talk about the excitement around the Tar Heel football program and the lasting effects that this could have going forward. And we welcome in our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. And, uh, Zach, this is a— good day for Tar Heel fans. A lot of people, uh, you know, were wondering uh, at some points during this recruitment of of the five star Travis Shaw as to whether or not Carolina uh, was really, you know, going to be able to pull this one out. But it, it, they did everything that they could, especially late in the month of June, to turn this recruitment that was at the time in the favor of the Clemson Tigers. And now, as we sit here on August twenty-first, the Tar Heels have a commitment from one of the top five players in the class of two thousand twenty-two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As we've mentioned numerous times, you know, this is really the big one. Um, I mean, there's a couple guys in the mix, obviously in the twenty twenty-two class. Uh, Zach Rice as another five star that we've mentioned, and in the path of Dalen Everett would probably be in contention there as well. But really, as top five player from inside your home state, it's really hard to get bigger, uh, both literally and figuratively, than Travis Shaw. When we discuss North Carolina recruiting really on multiple occasions, um, we speak first and foremost about the success that North Carolina has had in state as compared to past years, specifically when recruiting against other in-state teams such as NC State, Duke, wake teams of that nature north carolina has really had their pick of the litter as compared to those schools but uh when it comes to these sort of battles within the state it has been um, teams that recruit more nationally that have made hay in north carolina whether that be ohio state or georgia but first and foremost it's got to be clemson clemson has really been uh the thorn in the side of North Carolina on the recruiting trail in state for the longest time we've seen that numerous times here in recent years specifically under the uh, Mac Brown tenure and before you would mentioned names that Tar Heel fans would know like Dexter Lawrence, like Trenton Simpson and these were all recruitments in which North Carolina felt good at one point or the other maybe not felt that they were in the pole position for some of those but that Clemson eventually got the best of and this was another one early on um, where that same thought was at the forefront—that Clemson is local enough to have that appeal, but it is a you know a program that is continuously gl- going to the playoff, is has won several national championships over the past five, six, seven years. So there was kind of this assumption uh, that Clemson would eventually win this out, even despite the pursuit of North Carolina. But as we saw here today from his recruitment, this is one in which the staff continuously poured in that effort poured in you know these relationships that have been built uh, not only with area recruiter Lonnie Galloway position coach Tim Cross but with the head coach himself Matt Brown and you see it pay off here today in a big way sort of in a almost breakthrough recruiting win for the Tar Heels.
1: That, that's the way you've got to put it I mean there are a few guys that as it was reported today, uh, could call up Mac Brown, announce that he was committing, and have Mac Brown uh, apparently cry on the other end of the phone. And you know, look, you could say whatever you want. That that is just shows how huge this was uh, for Carolina, and one of the biggest steps to getting to where the Tar want to go, which seems like they they want to get into contention as a a, you know playoff contender year in and year out is you've got to be able to do it on the recruiting trail and so far that area has been checked now it's about uh, converting what they've gotten onto the recruiting trail into success in games going forward over the next couple of years and it starts this year but this one I think is another significant step forward for Carolina. And it's like you mentioned, mainly against Clemson. That was a team that had, for so long, just seemed like every time that Carolina had a chance to land one of those in-state guys, they came in... Popped an offer on him, and guys would pretty much immediately uh, put Clemson as the leader. Carolina would pretty much have to fight from behind if there was a race still left to be ran. And that now it it seems like it's it's a much different case. Um, you know, Clemson was the the favorite in this recruitment for a while, but Carolina fought their way back in this one. And you know, you could say, well, he's got a relationship with Miles Murphy, who's currently committed to the team it's you know closer in vicinity than Clemson is but uh, you look at, at some of those guys that you mentioned and, and primarily Dexter Lawrence a guy that was from uh, you know the Wake Forest in the triangle area um, he you know convenience wise Carolina would have been much closer but he ended up going to Clemson because uh, you know he felt like it was a better opportunity and there have been other guys that have said things like that over the past few you know, a couple of years that still made you wonder whether or not Carolina would be able to get the job done. I think a lot of people were really, really worried about, uh, you know. Carolina still having to take a couple more years to sort of get that big win over Clemson when they missed out on Daylon Everett earlier this year and at that time of course Carolina was you know in in solid standing with Travis Shaw but it feels like a lot of people were were a little bit concerned about the fact that Shaw hadn't committed almost you know pretty much right after he had come to Carolina just because of all the momentum that the Toriels had with him not committing that allowed some of the other teams that were still in the race for him like Clemson and Georgia to potentially make another push. So there was a lot of concern with that. And then, of course, with Andre Green Jr., who Carolina looked to be in the driver's seat for the longest time. And then he ends up getting a Clemson offer that kind of, you know, uh, makes him hesitate a little bit. Now it looks like Carolina's back in a really good position for him. So you can see that sort of the tide is starting to turn just a little bit. Not saying that Clemson is going away anytime soon. Not saying that Carolina all of a sudden is become, going to become a playoff uh, you know team year in and year out. There's still a lot of building that has to go on there and a lot of things that have to go right for Carolina but to land this guy to keep him in state and it was something that we saw you know just since Carolina offered him way back in 2019 the offseason after he was a freshman you know this one was one that people were targeting for a long time in terms of being a huge recruitment for Carolina and you know, at the time, I, I don't think people knew just how highly ranked Travis Shaw would stay. We've seen a lot of guys that have come out and some of those initial um, you know rankings that come out really high and then end up sort of trending down, somewhat similar to Des Evans, not not trending down too far, but end up becoming you know borderline five-star, four-star prospects. Uh, that did not happen with Travis Shaw. Instead, Carolina is getting one of the best players to ever play uh, in the state of North Carolina and. Uh, it, it's it's a huge one because you're getting a guy that uh, is going to bring the swagger with them um, you know he, he seems like still a, a, a relatively humble kid that knows that he's uh, you know had to do a lot to get here but at the same time he's a very confident young man you could see that whenever you watch him play so uh, Carolina is getting a guy that's going to be the leader of the defensive line uh, a guy that can come in and potentially be a leader of that team early on and will without a doubt be trying to help recruit some big time players around him and that could include another five star which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. So, you know, we got the Clemson aspect out of the way in in terms of them fighting them off and and landing another recruit. I think the other thing is is when it comes to Carolina taking that next next step and potentially joining that playoff contender group. How big of a step do you think this is for Carolina? Because I feel like landing a guy, especially in the trenches of this caliber, really shows that Carolina is doing everything that they need to do on the recruiting side of things to put themselves in contention for being one of those teams year in and year out that could, you know, begin to start to crack the playoff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you look at. Um, you know, the concept of positional value in football, obviously um, every position is important on a football field. You can't go without them. Um, but there are some positions that are, are often tagged, whether it be by draft evaluators or just overall talent evaluators at any level, as being the most impactful to success uh, in, in the modern game. So you, on offense, you look at positions like quarterback, wide receiver, Um, An offensive tackle, specifically left tackle generally as your blindside tackle. And then on the other side, you look at, um, you know, defensive tackle with interior pass rush. You look at those edge rusher types, and then you look at uh, your quarterbacks. Um, So with, you know, both college and the professional game being more and more tilted towards passing the football, positions that allow you to either pass the football well, or defend against the pass and rush the passer are, are sort of you know have this increased value. Um, so with that being said, that's what Travis Shaw offers, and that's what they've really been recruiting. And North Carolina has really sort of leaned into that mindset of we're going to shore up these positions that put us in the best position to be successful, and then we're going to add talent elsewhere, of course. But we have to get. On these targets. On the offensive side, you've seen numerous high level wide receiver commitments. You've seen um, some offensive linemen, such as Eli Sutton, Diego Pounds in 2021, and obviously shooting for Zach Rice, that we'll talk about later in 2022. And then quarterback, I mean, you look at Sam Howell and Drake May, both two top 100 guys at the quarterback position. Uh, But then more specifically on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, you see cornerbacks like bringing in a transfer. Kyler McMichael, you see a five-star in Tony Grimes. And then on that uh, defensive line, you see guys like Keyshawn Silver, uh, Javari Ritzy, and on the edge, Dez Evans. So they've really been adding talent to these sort of premier positions. And Travis Shaw in particular is just another you know piece to that puzzle. Uh, but just overall, for him as a player, he, he's one of those guys that they say, you know, they don't make many like him. Um, he he's got a big frame. He's a big body at around 6'5", 6'6", just over three hundred pounds. And he can play really all of the um, you know all three positions in the three four defense. He can play as sort of a bigger end. He can play sort of that uh, defensive tackle and then traditional nose guard uh, if you want him to play there, even with his size. He moves well. He rushes the passer really well. Um, he gets after guys in space. He's got a big motor there's a reason that he's a top five prospect in the country. And he's a guy that's going to be an early impact guy as well. So there's sort of that aspect of, you know, building at these positions that are going to put you in the best uh, chance to be successful immediately. But like we've mentioned before, you know, getting a guy of of this caliber, this is something that other recruits notice, whether that be in 2022 or beyond Uh, recruits like to go to places with other good players um, because it gives them someone to compete against yeah, the iron sharpens iron well you know that's that's true in most situations you can see it really in any sort of competitive aspect that you get better when you're going up against other you know high caliber individuals um, and it, it, it's something that we've mentioned before where you know if, if a guy sees a player of that caliber that they know can go wherever they want that had 20 30 offers and they choose North Carolina well, it, it makes you give North Carolina or any other school in that example a second look. Uh, it, it makes you, if, if you didn't have, a, you know, uh, if you were just sort of neutral on them or even had a negative view, it makes you sort of look at them in a different light. It makes you say, hey, you know, maybe this guy seeing something that I'm not seeing. Um, so I think that it's big not only on the field, but in, you know, continuation on the recruiting trail, uh, having success such as this begets more success down the line.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, you you talked about, you know, the fact that he's sort of that complete guy that can sort of play the three different positions. But I think, you know, at his size, he probably is the guy that projects into that nose tackle position. And that's the one area where Carolina is kind of still looking for guys. On this defensive line, in terms of the talent that they've already added, they have some guys there that are talented, uh, you know, guys that have grown in the system so far, like Ray Velasic, um, you know, guys that they valued highly, but were maybe not quite as highly ranked as some of the guys that they have on the edges or at def- or at the four eye defensive end spots uh, like Clyde Pinder Jr. So Carolina is still looking for you know that guy in the middle of their defense that can be sort of that two gap run defender, but at the same time can get after the quarterback and that's the thing that you like when you watch Travis Shaw play. You mentioned the high motor; he takes on a lot of double teams. It- it- it's something that he's had to deal with pretty much throughout his entire career at the high school level, but he's not somebody that just kind of gives up on plays because of that. He's, uh, you know, a guy that always seems to play. Uh, with uh, the most intensity that he can. That was witnessed by the fact that he played most of last year's playoff run with an injured shoulder, had surgery on it in the offseason. That's why he's currently not playing to start his senior season at Grimsley High School this year, of course, with the last season being back in the spring of this year, not back in the fall of last year. um, He has the nice mix of uh, of technical pass rushing ability with the violence, so he kind of uses that to his to his advantage, has a really good uh, release off the line of scrimmage. Um, so he's a guy that's going to put slower offensive guards and centers in really tough positions. And even still, I mean, with a quick get off on the inside, uh, you know, the interior of the defensive line, he's a guy that's always going to cause problems because that's something that uh, just you, you always love to see down there from some of those big guys. Um, and, and really smart player as well. He's He's a guy that won't get out of position very often. He knows where he needs to be, and, and and you know does what he needs to do out of the without getting out of position too often. And he combines that with the athleticism. You talked about it. And he's a guy that can get out you know, on the edge and, and track down a guy in open space if he needs to uh, when it comes to getting after the quarterbacks. He's a lot faster than I think a lot of people uh, realize. So yeah, this is a guy when he comes into Carolina, there's nothing that he needs to add to his game. It's he's a guy that really they'll just try to improve upon what he already has um, he doesn't have to add any weight he's probably going to be around the size that they need him to be um, so this is a guy that can no doubt come in and make an impact uh, right out of the gate and he definitely will have a great shot at significant reps especially if Ray Velasik departs after the season so uh, this is a guy that not only has the talent but will probably have a chance to come in and make that impact felt uh, almost immediately, and that's the thing that you want to see, and that's probably one of the big reasons why Carolina was able to sell to him, and this is something that they could sell down the line to other big-time prospects, is that, look, if you're a big enough prospect, we're going to find playing time for you. I mean, you look, even with all that they've got so far this year uh, on the defensive line, they've added so many other guys to that room. And including veterans, you still hear the names Keyshawn Silver and Javari Ritzy coming up a lot when they talk about guys that are going to get reps. So, this defensive line group and primarily these coaches have shown that they are going to, you know, there there is an opportunity there. And if you can perform well enough, they're going to give you the opportunity. And with, with them being, you know, on the defensive line, that's an area where Carolina. Is still looking to improve. And you will see you may say, Well, look, we've heard a lot of positive things that have come out of camp. A lot of those guys are young. And you know, you do have Silver and Ritzy in that group as well that are extremely young. Look, I get it. Those guys are extremely talented. They're going to be a big part of what Carolina does going forward. But this is one of the country's best players. And you would imagine that he's a guy with how much he's played in high school, he can command a lot. A lot of reps when he gets to Carolina. So this is a guy that Carolina definitely needed in that room. He's going to help them going forward. And as I mentioned, it could have an impact on this class going forward. With his commitment, Carolina jumps up to the number 13 class overall in the 2022 cycle according to 24-7 Sports, number 3 in the ACC. So a lot of momentum there for Carolina. Remember that this is still a smaller class for the Tar Heels than a lot of the other ones that we've seen in the past. And, you know, now it's sort of a pretty narrow look at the guys that they are attempting to land in this class. At this point, you're basically down to about three or four guys that Carolina is going to add before the end of this cycle. Three or four guys that Carolina, I should say, would take if they end up wanting to commit to Carolina. And three of them are from the state of Virginia. And you look, I mean, George Petaway is a guy that we'll probably be talking about a little bit more going forward uh, throughout the you know throughout the season. I think he's a guy that could end up waiting until the early signing day, but that's one you could definitely see popping at some point during the middle of the season. Um, you, you've got uh, Andre Green Jr., who we've heard a lot about here recently with Carolina gaining some momentum, so he's another guy that could end up committing uh, during the season, but uh, not sure yet as. As to whether or not he is going to look to take some more visits uh, throughout uh, the fall. If he does, that's one that could definitely be pushed back to the early signing day. And you could see going the distance. But I think the big one that this one affects going forward is five-star offensive tackle, Zach Rice. And for Carolina to get yet another five-star, this is the second straight class that they have landed a five-star. You also talk about Keyshawn Silver being in there, Desmond Evans, high-end four-stars that were borderline five-stars. At this point, I think Zach Rice. You know, I know he was seriously considering Carolina to begin with, but now I think Rice has to take a much more serious look at Carolina and see that you know he wouldn't be the first. You know, sort of creating a wave. He would be, you know, going to a group that uh, has had some success here with five stars and is really starting to build something.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Um, and with those two specifically being sean rice um well, we've had some intel that suggested that they you know have discussed teaming up at the next level obviously there's really one school on their list that they would be able to do that at and that's north carolina i believe that they have both been on campus at uh, the same time i think most recently it was that last week in july that they had quite a number of guys come in um, I, I i'm fairly certain they had pedway there i'm not as sure on Andre Green, but like you mentioned, these are all guys that um, not only the current commits uh, prior to Shaw committing today have been in contact with, but that Shaw's going to have an impact on, uh, most specifically uh, Zach Rice. Now, with Rice, as we've reported, it's really unclear of sort of what his schedule is, what his timeline is, or, or really where he's standing at this point, uh, because as we know, he was planning to make a summer commitment that did not materialize, stated that he needed more time, couldn't make some more visits. We really don't know at this point. So it's hard to say anything definitive, uh, but what we do know is that Travis and Zach have had these sort of conversations, and now Tar Heels, uh, now the Tar Heels staff has Travis Shaw in the boat. That is going to be a factor moving forward with I think all of these guys but like you mentioned it's going to be a big deal for Zach Rice specifically when you think about you know where they play on opposite side of that offensive and defensive line sort of plays into the factor that we mentioned of iron sharpens iron going up against you know other elite guys at at, uh on the opposite side of the ball in practice every day that's appealing to a recruit and you know that's something that you're not going to get at every school on your list so I do think that it factors into Zach Rice's decision moving forward whatever that will be but I do think that we are going to need some more information from him in terms of a timeline or what visits he might look to take uh, before we can say anything definitive about what the true impact
1: is going to be here. Oh, for sure. I think one of the main things that you would take away from Shaw's commitment in terms of how it affects the rest of the recruits going forward and the targets in this class is that, look – there's simply more time now to focus on those guys. Now that you've got your big in-state guy and one of your top players um, that's that's been on your recruiting board possibly ever uh, currently, currently committed to the class, now you can sort of turn a little bit more of that attention and turn up some of the heat on some of those other guys. And I think you know the fact that Carolina is pretty much now going to be exclusively recruiting in Virginia going forward in this class, I think that helps as well because they are are going to probably be taking a lot of visits up there during the season to talk with these guys. So there's going to be a lot more attention on Zach Rice and remember that he was one of the guys that did not take an official visit to Carolina during the month of June. He had that option, but held on to that visit. Took his official visits elsewhere, um, but did you know? As you mentioned, took some unofficials. Of course, was uh, on campus. I, I believe you were right. I think he did stop there um, during that last week of June. I know he was there uh, during the uh, during the cookout for the last week of July. He was there. Along with uh, guys like uh, Petaway, Green Jr., a bunch of other guys uh, in the 2023 class that were there as well. Um, so yeah, th- this uh, Nat, he's going to get the majority of the focus going forward because uh, you know the other guys. I-, I feel like you know right now you, you look at where the Toriel sit with Petaway, they feel pretty good. They're definitely not going to you know. Sort of put him on a back burner and you know turn things down a little bit and just kind of wait. Um, but at the same time, you've got him and Green Jr., where it feels like, from everything that we're hearing, it would appear that Carolina is the leader for them. When it comes to Rice, there's some that think Carolina is the leader, but it's not quite as concrete as you know the other two right now where Carolina is pretty much the known leader. So I think that's going to be their focus. They're going to try to get him on for that official visit. You would imagine it will probably be sometime early in the year. Um, I would be very shocked if that goes past Probably the game against Miami that would probably be the last one because that is Carolina's most significant game of the season. So getting him on campus for uh, that game, which you know if things were to work out, uh, especially you know I think whether or not Miami wins their opener or not, but especially if the Hurricanes win their opener against Alabama in an upset, that could be a game where it could be an eight o'clock primetime kick, College Game Day could be uh, in town. That could. Be a real, really, really significant game and really significant moment uh, in Carolina football history. So uh, to have him on campus would be huge. Um, But I think those—that's kind of the time frame where Carolina would be looking to get him on campus. And I feel like after that, it's just kind of see, you know, feel it out if they can have a really great visit, maybe put themselves in the driver's seat. But that is one that we talked about a little last week. Feels like it could go the all the way to that early signing day. But man, it just—this is one of those recruitments where. You feel like if Carolina can—they got the commitment for Travis Shaw. They held off Clemson, who had done it before here in the state of North Carolina. Some people feel like Carolina's grip up in the state of Virginia, especially recently, might be as strong as the one they have in the state of North Carolina since Mac Brown's return. It just makes you feel a lot of hope, and at this point, you know that that's still that's another spot very similar to what I talked about earlier with the defensive line, where there are still you know a, a few questions about Carolina on their offensive line uh, in terms of the amount of talent and depth that they have down there. It feels like they've sort of developed some here over the past couple of seasons, but it's still an area where Carolina wants to add more talent. It, it showed late last year that. They they weren't quite on the level of some of the better teams in the country like Notre Dame and Texas A&M down there. So Zach Rice ha- is going to be one of those guys that Carolina is going to prioritize heavily going forward. And I think the other thing that this does is this does kind of set the stage for that 2023 class in the state of North Carolina that could be pretty historic once again in terms of the depth that it has. It's not do, As of right now, it doesn't look like it quite has that Travis Shaw type player in it but it definitely looks uh, like it could say, it's uh, definitely could be one of the better ones that the state's had probably two of the last three years should, should be very comparable to the one uh, from back in the 2021 cycle um, in terms of the amount of depth that it has and some of the talent that it has at the top so uh, yeah I, I, Zach anything else on Travis Shaw before we get out of here man this is just such a monumental moment for uh, Tar Heel football uh, um, and and it's something that I think uh, Carolina fans are going to be excited about for a long time
0: yeah two quick things here uh, the first one for those that um, you know care and keep up with sort of the, the the true nuts and bolts of recruiting specifically you know recruiting in the in the internet era with these sort of websites if you look at the 24/7 composite um, in, in terms of where Travis ranks not only in this class and then in the Mac Brown, the you know, second tenure of Mac Brown, but in overall commitments that North Carolina has had, sort of in that internet era, which would really be, I think, since about 2003, Travis Shaw would come in at number two overall, uh, just behind Marvin Austin. Marvin Austin listed at a point nine nine seven nine. Travis Shaw currently listed at a nine nine. Seven, two, with obviously the potential uh, to continue to move up or down as uh, rankings continue to change. But that, you know, if you just want to put it into a framework of that, uh, pure numbers, this is an absolutely massive commitment for the Tar Heels. Um, another thing to mention here, something that I really like, just another piece of this story, uh, when Travis Shaw sort of spoke this afternoon to reporters about, um, you know, what the things that really drew him in to North Carolina. One of the things that really stuck out to me that he mentioned was uh, that North Carolina staff was the only one that reached out to him uh, immediately after his shoulder surgery. And that really meant a lot to him. And that was, you know, something that really showed uh, a genuine interest and a genuine genuine relationship. So I think that's something not only just to feel good about, but I, I think it shows that, you know, this staff that Mac Brown has assembled, it, it's a special staff. It's a, it's a staff that's really going to put in the work, not only um, to, you know, sell North Carolina, sell that vision, but to re- build real relationships. Uh, and to be mentors. And that's really, you know, that's what you like to see in your football program. I mean, you like to see more than just X's and O's and, you know, talent on the field. You like to see leadership and relationships here. Uh, and, and you also like to see that rewarded in a commitment. So obviously, you know, today is a great day for the Tar Heel program and for all the fans out there. So really can't say enough about how big today was for the University of North Carolina.
1: Mac Brown just continues to prove himself on the recruiting trail to any of the doubters that are still out there in Carolina, uh, making a big statement today to the rest of the country that uh, if they weren't already recognizing the fact that Carolina was making some waves on the recruiting trail, they have no choice but to now. We have you covered on the website, heooktopblog.com. we got a breakdown of Travis Shaw's commitment. Make sure you guys go there and check that out. We've got, uh, you know, e- even more in depth when it comes to talking. Talking about uh, the stuff we just talked about, including you know how important it was for Carolina to land this commitment uh, in this class to beat out Clemson. Uh, what Travis Shaw brings to the table in terms of uh, his playing style and everything that'll be in the middle of this defense potentially, or maybe at one of those four eye positions. Uh, and then you know he even talks about uh, some of the accolades that he's already racked up in his career ahead of his senior season at Grimsley High School as he looks to try to lead them to another state title this is just uh w- one of the most complete players that carolina has ever landed on the recruiting trail and we have you covered in and a breakdown of exactly what he's going to bring to campus when he arrives next year next offseason probably you would project has an early enrollee as he tries to make as many waves as he possibly can as one of the uh, biggest stars uh, that carolina is going to have coming in in program history uh um, um, you know, also got you covered on the website as we get closer and closer to the start of the upcoming season for the Tar Heels. The 2021 season kicks off in just under two weeks now. So you guys want to check out all the stuff that we've got on the website for you. This is going to be a big week coming up in terms of all the stuff that we're going to have coming out for you guys to take a look at. We'll have, uh, the breakout candidates, the bowl predictions, all that stuff. We've got, a uh, you know, an, an article coming out that looks at all the awards that the guys, uh, were uh, you know landed on the watch list for this year we tell you which uh, of those awards Carolina has the best chance of taking home. Uh, as the season progresses, we'll also uh, go through on the podcast side of things, we've already done you know, a lot of those, the breakout candidates, bold predictions already up, you guys can go back and check that out, but we are going to go through, do our official predictions for the upcoming season, so guys won't want to miss that, and then of course we'll have you prepared on, the, uh, on game week, uh, podcast side of things, we'll have uh, the preview, same thing on the website side of things, so we'll have that preview up for you guys as well before the team heads to Blacksburg and then on the back end of it we will have the recap stock report and trench report on the site and then uh, for the podcast side of things we'll have the recap podcast that we'll do for you and once again that'll be how we'll do it throughout the season going forward Um, and you know gonna mix in uh, you know some other interesting recruiting stuff that we'll be doing throughout the year because Carolina still has a few major targets out there we'll keep you of course up to date on those. Those three big names that we talked about. We'll have some scouting reports that we'll be doing throughout the season. That uh, you know won't be as uh, as as many as you know the past few years, but they will still be uh, up there every so often for you guys to check out. We encourage you guys to keep an eye on the website, and the best way to do it and check out all this stuff that we just talked about is on the Facebook page. It's at Heel Tough blog on Facebook, make sure you guys track down that page, like and follow it so that you don't miss any of the great content that we have for you, whether it's uh, in written form or Audio form or video form—it's all on the Facebook uh, timeline. You guys can check that out, uh, and then head over to the Twitter page as well, if you would. At KeelTuff Blog uh, is the official page, and then if you want to follow our personal pages for me, it's at HTB Anthony. For uh, Zach, it's at HackZubber2. And then for Josh, uh, it is at HTB Josh. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!